Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Nothing But Locks. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, just wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Looking forward to uh, breaking down NFL Week 15. And we have a full set of games this week, so I don't want to waste yeah. any time right here. And the big one we got on Sunday is Bills and Cowboys. Obviously, Bills had that big win over the Chiefs, though there was some controversy at the end. I don't think there was controversy. <laughs> Tony was offsides, and anytime Kadarius Tony looks bad, I love it. <laughs> Cowboys have just been on a roll. They they steamrolled all over Philly last week. You know, I did like the Cowboys in that one. But what are we looking at here for the odds? <laughs> I'm realizing that we have an awful lot of like inside jokes. We're going to eventually need to write like a, a cliff do. notes version of, of our inside uh, jokes so that our listeners at home understand that's just your, uh, your New York giants blue coming out once again. There you so. go, there you go. <laughs> Buffalo bills. Uh, we opened them one and a half went up to two against the Dallas Cowboys and the total 50 and a half alley. So I will say I, I do like the, over on this one because the Cowboys, they can score at will. The Bills defense hasn't been the same since they lost key guys like Matt Milano, uh, Tredarius White, so on and so forth. But I'm going to side with Buffalo on this game. I know Dallas has been probably the hottest team not named San Francisco in the league, Robert. But the Bills showed me something against the Chiefs last week and even against the Eagles the week before that. And that is their offense seems to be back. I don't know if it was because they changed offense co- of offensive coordinators or what. But I think they're going to go toe-to-toe with the Cowboys. And this is another must-win for them. I said last week that's why I like them against the Chiefs. It's a must, must, must win. There's something with Josh Allen that he just is gritty. I'm going to give Dak Prescott on the Cowboys all the credit because he has stepped up in some of the biggest games this year, and that's not usually how you see them. On paper, though, Robert, it would seem like the Cowboys are the better team. But I don't know. I just like the Bills in this one. How about you? This is a a fair fair assessment of how you broke down the the turnaround, I guess, which is incredible because we expected Buffalo to run away with this division. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a very precarious season for for Buffalo, and obviously in a quarterback driven league, Josh Allen was the one that everyone wanted to say, "Hey, what's up with all these turnovers?" Right, and so we talked about over the last couple of weeks the issues that they've had, and just a little look on the surface, like he was really clicking with the game plan that the you know offensive coordinator put out. And so, you know, here we are. Great, great comeback. I mean, yeah, I guess you could probably think that they well, they should have lost in the in the last play, but if the fact is, you know, they won their game. They're seven and six. Uh and they're a two point favorite. So well, you know, with the number being what it is, it's not a three, right? Obviously, if I put out a three, I'm gonna get an ocean of money coming on on the Dallas Cowboys. And it's not a one because then it'd be an ocean of money coming in on Buffalo. And so here we are in that wonderful little sweet spot of, I'll let you guys figure it out. (laughs) If I was on the other side of the counter with you, Allie, I'd probably look towards taking Dallas. They're they're just on another level right now. I I have them ranked as the second uh, NFL team in, in my my rankings book right now. And I think that there's much to be said about how incredible a season Dak Prescott has had. Uh, absolutely. If you could flip a coin right now uh, for the MVP tweet between Prescott and Brock Purdy 
And so I, I have a feeling that, you know, catching the two here, obviously, if, if I like them catching two, I like Dallas to win this one outright. And uh, I, I do think that Dallas picks up the victory here up in upstate New York. Who would have thought entering the season, Dak Prescott would be probably the front runner for MVP, Robert? Front runner. Front runner. That's that's impossible. But and, and you know, I mean, look, you know, here's the, the the shakeup in all of this is that if not for what happened in Miami and I guess. I, I, it, look, they lost. Obviously, we'll touch on them in a little bit. Uh, but we could have been looking at quite possibly Tyreek Hill as an MVP right. candidate. But I will touch on that in just a little bit. All right, let's move on to the next one: the Eagles and Seahawks, the Monday night game. Eagles reeling two games, two losses in a row. What do we got? Yeah, this one is definitely uh, one that I wanted to touch base on with you because it's it's something that I've been seeing with Hertz, and uh, I don't like what I'm seeing. Uh, however, 10 and three, we are nitpicking. Boy, are we 10 and three on the season? Uh, we opened up Philadelphia four and a half, cut it down immediately down to three and a half before we settled at the number, which we're at now the Eagles four point favorite in the total 48. So let's go back really, really quick. Cause I've been saying yeah. the Eagles have been overrated all year long. And as a giants fan hearing it last year, you're not as good sometimes as your record says, I've watched a lot of close Eagles games, Robert, where they should have lost and something happened where they got lucky and won. You look at the against the Patriots week one, you know, their defense won that game for them. The, the Patriots outgained them. You look at some other games that they played, the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, if he doesn't fumble in the red zone, if Marcus Valdez-Scantling catches that easy, yeah. you know, bomb from what's his name, uh, Patrick Mahomes, even the Bills game, there were some controversial calls. I just don't see the same Eagles team as I seen last year. And the difference is Hertz seems to be rattled. If you can get under his skin, and I said this last year, he had the best offensive line in the game. It looks like sometimes, though, defenses are able to exploit that. And when that happens, he panics and he does not do well under pressure. If there's one criticism I have about Hertz, he does not perform well under pressure. I think in this game, Seattle has an underrated defense. I know they haven't performed great as a late. But they do have a good defense, and especially in, in the secondary. So in this one, I think the Eagles bounce back and they win the game. But Seattle at home with four and a half, that's just too many points to pass up on. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks to cover. How about you? Hey, that's a good uh, good way to exactly break it down. And that's what I saw, Ali. We're, we're watching the same game, you and I. Uh, and the the offensive line of, of Philadelphia – yeah, I mean, they they sure can get the push to pick up a yard anytime they want. But when it comes to pass protection, it's another story. And that's where we're seeing uh, the failure of of the Eagles in some cases where you can get really great outside containment from a defensive perspective. Uh, and when we see Jalen Hurts get hurried, rushed, uh, and he has to stay inside that pocket, Bad things happen, whether it's a, a turnover through an interception or just a, a a bad throwaway or an attempt to hold on the ball for far too long, which leads to a sack or worse. Uh, that's where we're seeing the problem. So I don't know if we're, if we're going to see Geno Smith on Monday. Uh, I'm, I'm still holding out. I, I don't want to put up any props on him because, you know, he didn't play last week. The groin injury is something that's you don't just bounce back from. I, I think he's going to play. Uh, but if not, it's going to be the Drew Locke show once again. <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to be enough. So I have a feeling that instead of finding – and so, okay, I'm with you. I'll I'll choose the Eagles to win this one as well. Uh, if we do see Drew Locke, I think that the Eagles will carve him up pretty simply. 
Uh, but that being said, if we went to post right now, my position would be on under the total of 47 and a half. I don't think that uh, in whichever way they they carve it out, I, I don't think that Seattle's going to be able to crack anywhere north of 21 points. That might be even a little too high. Uh, and so my position would be to go under on Monday night. Huh? Now, there we go again. Uh, just a primetime under that I keep picking. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Robert. What does what does it do to the Eagles' confidence if they lose this game? Yeah, that's Three in a, a row. Yeah, and at the wrong, wrong time. Right. right? You want to kind of knock these out like in the middle of the season, just from a psyche perspective, from what little amateur sport I played. I always knew once you you come up with a game and you you're looking at the team in front of you and you're looking at yourself. You're saying, "Wait a second, we're ten and three, and and yet, why is everyone down on us? Why are we not all hype going into this matchup on a team that's not even five hundred? But here we are. Uh, it it's it's bad. It's a bad feel, and it's it's clearly there. If if they don't win this game, Allie, uh, the Eagles, that is, I'm I'm really starting to be concerned about. Uh, you know, forget about the number one seed. That's probably a foregone conclusion. That's that 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 doesn't look likely for them at all because obviously, you know, San Francisco's ahead of them. And obviously we, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, they are they're also there. We just talked about them. It's a very tough, tough sledding the rest of the way. And every one of these teams just needs to keep picking up victories because we all know how important that uh, that number one seed is in each conference. Well, also, I mean, Seattle, this is a must win for them, too. They're at six and seven. They need to win this to stay alive in that playoff run. Right, Robert? Yeah, no, absolutely right. Uh, and especially so much so in the NFC because <laughs> it's still so wide open. I mean, I'm and I'm looking at you, NFC South, with all of you six and seven teams looking to make the playoffs, and you probably will. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, from from Seattle's perspective, this is not going to be easy, right? You've got Philadelphia. You're playing um oh here we're just talking about playing at Tennessee uh it would probably be a pick 'em if if not even tighter hosting Pittsburgh that'll be less than a field goal and then at Arizona that's not exactly a gimme either uh as they have to travel so it's very very difficult for them to be pulling up i mean could they get two wins in their last four maybe uh but i don't know if two wins is going to be enough i mean you would then in that case we're looking at a uh, an eight and nine season. Uh, nah, that's, that's not a playoff team. Now let's move on Robert to chiefs and Patriots. Obviously we know the Patriots story. I think Bill Belichick's days are numbered. Mac Jones is done. I don't think he'll ever start a game for them again. The chiefs two, losers of two straight. We saw just the frustration on Sunday night. Pat Mahomes completely lost it. I didn't understand why I saw that play. Tony was clearly off sides. What, what's the odds here, Robert? Yeah, we we opened up. This is the the weirdest one that that I'm looking at. I'm not, really not sure how the market has adjusted this way. I opened them up. Uh, Kansas City as a ten point favorite, stayed around ten, which dropped to nine and a half, just because everyone looked at double digits and thought that was good. But then came in, uh, you know, Monday morning, uh, a huge flood on Kansas City. We went up as high as ten and a half, and then we dropped down to nine, and then suddenly on Thursday it got cut way down to seven and a half why i don't know <laughs> i didn't see anything significant on the injury report that made me say uh this is worthy of a drop 
so this was just a uh, a very sharp syndicate position that said uh, New England at home, despite them being three and ten, is definitely worthy of picking up. You know the touchdown plus points, and so seven and a half alley uh, with a total as low as thirty seven right now. So I've been going back and forth in this game, Robert. At first, I was like Kansas City is going to bounce back. They got to eat. They got probably the easiest matchup, not named the Carolina Panthers. And then I thought more about it. And one thing that hasn't wavered for New England these past few weeks where they've had that frustration is the defense. And the defense has been playing phenomenal. I mean, holding the their opponents to 10 points or less the last couple games. I know they just allowed 18 to the Steelers. But their defense is one that could stop Pat Mahomes in the offense because Mahomes doesn't have a number one receiver. And I'm not counting Travis Kelsey because he's still the tight end. Yeah, Their receiving core is just not good. And they don't have players like a Juju Smith-Schuster of last year. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is gone. And I think this is finally where we're seeing the kryptonite kind of peel off of the Chiefs. So while I think there is no chance in the world that the Patriots upset them, I think that their defense gets them in the game. And I honestly think, Robert, the Patriots might only need to score a touchdown or so to stay, to stay competitive in this game. Like, you know, I can see why it's getting bet down, but I don't see the Chiefs. I'd, I'd be surprised if they break 20, 17 points, I'll say. So I think the Patriots can hang in there. How about you? Well, so um, you, you look at the total Kansas City, uh, you know, at eight and five, I, I really started to ask myself, so are we are we just missing something here? Are, are we seeing, you know, just an opportunity for, you know, uh, a, a really ripe number? And I, I said, you know, at, at again, if I'm on your side of the counter to lay seven and a half only against a New England team that's clearly you know they're 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 shelved for the season. I thought maybe ah maybe it's the weather report, and so no, it's it's as nice a New England Sunday as you can get. It's going to be a high of fifty two, uh, some PM showers, uh, but you know during the day it's going to be relatively dry. So nothing to me really jumped out that said, hey, here's the hazard and here's why. For that reason alone, I think Kansas City even at laying seven and a half, which is the current number. I think that's a give me uh, quite possibly. And I, I don't call these out very often. This is one of those rare moments that, you know, you, you find real value here. So I, I think laying seven and a half is, uh, is the easiest play for me in week number 15. Laying wow. Bald statement there. Robert. So <laughs> that now would the Patriots are going to win, right? <laughs> <laughs> that out there. Goes. It's like last week I was so confident in the lions and then look what happened. Yeah. Well, while while we're on the subject, so to recap, I'm taking the Patriots with the points. Robert's taking the Chiefs with the points. But moving on to those Lions, they're looking to bounce back from a loss against the Bears last week. And they're taking on the Broncos, who have been another pretty hot team since the beginning of the season. What are we looking at for the odds here, Robert? Yes, welcome, welcome, Denver Broncos, back from wherever you guys were. You're you're very live for a playoff spot. Uh, we opened up the Lions. Uh, this one's moved. Uh, we opened them up four and a half, dropped down to well, as low as three and a half before uh, maybe that was the head fake. Uh, we're uh, as high as five and a half and now four and a half. So this one really fluctuated all week. But four and a half is the Detroit Lions, the favorite in the total 47 and a half alley. So one of my favorite plays two weeks ago was when the Lions were playing the Saints. And I had a feeling it was going to be a blowout because I was like, the Lions have had 10 days to sit on their loss to the Packers on Thanksgiving Day. And one thing I like about Dan Campbell's squad is they respond when they get beat. 
And this is probably one of my favorite plays. I know Denver has been playing phenomenal. I know their defense has been phenomenal, but I still don't trust Denver's offense. And I do trust the Lions offense, especially when they're at home, Robert. So this one to me, I don't want to say is a no brainer, like you said with the Chiefs, but I love the Lions here. How about you? Yeah, you know, it's I, I, I saw the trend stat was, you know, the Lions off of a loss are are really, really shiny and new and and a great fresh pick to take. But something about this Denver Broncos team that really has has maybe want to go ahead and undust what uh you know uh, mud has been thrown on this team uh pretty much from the time we saw them get absolute boat raced by Miami and I said man we could forget about this team but maybe not um uh, you know obviously you know you want to look at what they've done recently you know they they've they've won their last game of course we talked about Detroit losing their last uh just on paper it seems like they're close but not so much, right? So what am I saying here? If you just break it down from the perspective that we're looking at now, Denver on the road, really a different team. They've, they're giving up eight points more than they're scoring on the road. This is for the whole entire season, of course. And the, uh, Detroit, the Lions, well, they're scoring six more than they give up. And that's just, you know, going back to their record, uh, which is, you know, four and two at home straight up. Uh, and so I feel that at that number four and a half looks like a darn good close number just from a betting perspective. You know, are, are they going to be three points better than Denver, uh, you know, just on a neutral field? Uh, my book says yes. So you add a point and a half. Looks like it's going to be literally right there. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if Denver's there at the end. Uh, you know, to keep it close, but at the same time, this just this this one just does seem like Detroit gets ahead of it early and ends up winning this one by close to double digits, Allie. Yeah, no, I agree with you right there. And I know Denver's really surprised people, especially since yeah. they, they won seven they lost uh, seventy to twenty. But Robert, you know, what is it about Denver real quick before we move on to the next game? Does their offense have a chance? Because I still don't see their offensive proudness. I see this as defensively run team what are you seeing it is it is i mean if you if you look at their team and you figure out you know where where do they start to turn things around and it was defensively right so i mean from an offensive perspective you know it's it's no different than what they've had all year it's javante williams uh Cortland sutton has definitely turned into his favorite target uh, for uh for russ wilson jerry judy's kind of meh uh, and, and there's really not much more to speak of from an offensive standpoint. It's they have to just keep themselves in the game, uh, you know, with their base three, four D and that's basically what they've been doing. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to be enough <laughs> when you're going to be facing uh, this, this lions team. That's very uh, deep and they have an awful lot uh, of, of offense that could, they can spark, especially at home. Looks like this one on paper is going to be a, a lion's win in a cover alley. Who would have thought a Sean Payton-led team would be better on defense than offense, Robert? <laughs> That's another one, right? What a head-scratcher. By the way, and if you're looking into this, you know, we just kind of let off this one by saying, hey, you're 7-6. and six. Is there a chance? Is there a chance that's actually seeing this team in the playoffs? Well, maybe. I mean, obviously, this is a game that we have them pegged as, right. uh, you know, a pretty decent dog. But, Allie, the rest of the way, um, I've got them at least a five-point favorite hosting New England. 
then followed by the Chargers with, you know, the fighting Eastern sticks. They're going to have to be a favorite against the Chargers. And then at Vegas, uh, which could probably pick them. So they might be holding their own destiny. Uh, we'll have to see. It'd be nice to see it. Uh, but, you know, obviously you have to get past what humans in front of you right now. And week 15 is going to be a very difficult one. Well, that's what you got to love about the season when it when it's very close games, when it's when there's multiple teams vying for those wild card spots. But another last one, Robert, because we are running out of time that I want to highlight before we get into our rapid fire round. Yeah, that's the Ravens and the Jaguars. Jaguars. I was surprised to see Trevor Lawrence on the field last week. I don't know about you. What do we got for the odds here? Yeah, I was too. Uh, this one opened knowing that he's somewhat healthy. We opened the Ravens three, got bumped up a little bit to three and a half, but it's settled where it's at right now. Ravens are three point favorite. The totals 42 and a half. I like the Jaguars here and I've been down at the Jaguars all season. I haven't thought they the same thing. I haven't thought they were as good as their record, but there's something about the Ravens. I also don't really buy still. I know I'm probably in the minority, <laughs> but they had a close one against the Rams. I really thought the Rams were going to pull out yeah. last week. I still don't know how the Ravens can do in the postseason. We've seen Lamar Jackson struggles when it's come to the postseason. One thing I do will give respect to Trevor Lawrence is the guy knows how to run a football team and he can make plays in big games. And if you want to talk about another must win for the Jaguars, that's this one, Robert. I think that was a big loss last week. That was a bit. And, and then the week before too. So you look at and and you look at that division, Robert. It's it's a wide open division. I yes. mean, you you I'm not counting the the Texans, but you you got the Colts right behind you at seven six. The Texans, and not counting the Titans, I should say. You you have the Colts and the tight the Texans right there at seven and six, and the Texans if they beat the Titans and the Jaguars lose this week. Same thing if the Colts win. You you're in a three way tie for first. This is a must win for the Jaguars. I don't see it as a must win for the Ravens who have a two game lead in their series. I could just see the Ravens falling flat, especially after that big overtime win last week. So not only do I think the Jaguars cover, I think they went outright. How about you? We're going to go the other way here again. I think I have a feeling that the Baltimore Ravens are the quietest 10 and three NFL team in like a decade. Uh, yeah, they they really were on the ropes against the Rams, and I I think they just weren't ready for for the offensive attack that they came with, uh, because they just wouldn't let up the Rams. No, no, Robert, I would vote. What was that? That Titans team of uh, two, three years back? That the number <laughs> one. I think that was the quietest one that no one believed in. <laughs> yeah, it's actually so so true. I do recall that team too. You know, so I think that. It's the Ravens that are finding themselves in the right spots at all times on the road, probably even more so than at home. They've been an absolute defensive stalwart. They're giving up just a little over 15 points a game, right? Jacksonville's obviously, you know, it would, let, let's just go ahead and assume Lawrence is back and he's at 100 percent, you know, especially after seeing him hit the field last week, which no one really expected until early Sunday morning. Uh, I, I just don't think that we're going to see. Jacksonville being able to put it all together to outscore Baltimore on this one. I think Baltimore well, sure is a big loss for them. I will Kirk, give you. Yeah. Deal. Kirk definitely is, you know, and that, that one's going to hurt uh, that, you know, to, to cut into their depth chart, uh, you know, he's out and there's just absolutely no way I see him playing at all on this one. Yeah. The issue here is, you know, are they going to be able to control the ball enough? You know, can they get it to Etienne's hands and, 
eat up as much clock as possible at home in an effort to win this game? That's the question, because if you're going to do that, you're basically taking the Baltimore Ravens playbook and shoving it right down their throat. Not sure if I'm with that. So, Allie, I'm going to go ahead and split the loaf once more here. I'm going to take the Ravens to cover. All right. We disagreed a lot today. Let's see what we got <laughs> with the, the rapid fire round. You ready, Robert? Oh, yeah. Love it. Let's go. All right, let's stay in the AFC uh, AFC South, and that is the Texans and the Titans. What do we got? Crazy, crazy game. I opened this one up as the Tennessee Titans pick. Opened them up uh, at that number, and it's steadily moved all the way up to three. Probably C.J. Stroud-related, the total 37. And do we have any word if Stroud is playing? Uh, at this point, still very, very doubtful. Uh, I, I would say no. So I don't think he plays and I think it's smart to not have him play. I think they go in without Stroud. I know Davis Mills, he had a full, he had a full year, what year and a half of starting. He has the experience. I'm not saying he's a franchise quarterback, but he's a decent backup that he can come in and he can manage a game. And I think that's all you have to do against the Titans. The Titans are coming off their quote unquote Super Bowl, winning in Miami against Miami last week with that big comeback. They're also playing on a short week. I'm not worried about the Texans not having Stroud. I think they could do enough on the with the run game. I'm going to go with the Texans to win outright right here. How about you, Robert? Yeah, that's that's what you're going to. You're absolutely right. I think the, a managed game is the best you could hope for here. That being said, even with the magic that C.J. Stroud has brought to the team, they've only averaged 19 points a game on the road. Not going to be enough against a very determined Tennessee team. I think the Titans pick this one up. Going to probably score somewhere between 26 and 28 points. Four and one at home. Yes, Titans fans. Four and one at home. Four and one against the spread. Definitely, I would back them here. I like the Titans here laying three. All right, 49ers and Cardinals. Robert, what do we got? A strange one as I thought that I was going to see this one sail in the other direction. We opened up the Niners as a 14-point favorite. It's gone the other way. Allie, right now it's 11 and a half, the total 48. So this one... Obviously, you want to back San Francisco because how hot they were playing. But it goes to my thing. I just don't think they show motivated to this game. I think the Cardinals are such a depressing franchise that <laughs> they're not going to be going all out of their way to win. I know that's really not the best argument I have. But the Cardinals do need some kind of feel-good thing. They're not tanking. The, the, I'm not. They know they're probably locked into that number three spot and getting Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft. I think that the Cardinals at least do enough to win. I think the San and not enough to win, enough to cover. I think San Francisco just does enough to win. I I see why the spread's been dropping with Sharps coming in. So yeah. I'm going to go with the Sharps and take the, the Cardinals to cover. No way do I think they win, but I think at home they'll at least get a backdoor cover to to close the spread. How about you? Yeah, very fair, yeah. And I I'm, I don't want you know this is one of those I'll just kind of you know, cover my eyes and gently press the buy button on Arizona plus 11 and a half or 12. And again, uh, you know, anywhere between 11 to 12 and a half, kind of the same number. So uh, just, I'll just gently press the Cardinals plus the points with you here and move on. <laughs> All right. Commanders and Rams, Robert, what do we got? Yeah. Hey, Washington. I uh, remember that team. Uh, the Rams are six and a half points. That hasn't moved at all. The total up to 50 and a half now. So I that Rams were my best bet last week, taking them seven and a half against Baltimore. I thought they should have won the game. They had a really good chance to do it in overtime, but they did not. I can see this. It's kind of what my argument lat, again, with the Ravens earlier and the Niners. I could just see them falling flat. That's a really heartbreaking loss, Robert, to, to fall to fall to. 
they really could have had their own destiny should they have won that game and had yeah. that big upset of the Ravens. I think this is another game where they just fall flat. Washington still has some life in them to play. I think Washington at least does enough to cover. I don't see it as a high-scoring game at all. What do you got? Allie, you're reading my notes again, and we're not even sitting next to each other. I think that the Washington Commanders somehow find a way to protect the ball. That's been their absolute downfall pretty much every year. The turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. I still think they could probably crack anywhere between 21 and 24 points. That's going to be enough to cover. I don't see them winning, though. No, 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 not, not all. But I'm glad we're in agreement here. All right, this is an interesting one, Robert. I want to pick your brain about, and that's the Jets and the Dolphins. What do we got? The <laughs> yes, so another game that's been moving very, very significantly. We open up the Dolphins on eleven point favorite. It's all the way down to eight. The total thirty eight. So my first instinct was to take the Dolphins. That they bounced back from losing on Monday Night Football, and the Jets. Zach Wilson probably had the game of his career last week, and he's not going to do that again this week. But Robert, then I saw the Dolphins injury report and boy, is it long. So just looking at the injury report themselves, I just got to take points with the Jets, even though I don't like it. What about you? You know, this is one of those games, again, where we looked at the point spread shrinking to a point where you're like, wait, this is this is silliness. You know, I'm talking about the Kansas City, New England game got bet down to seven and a half. I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me I only need to lay seven and a half? with Kansas City against a New England team that's packed it in at 3-10. and 10. Now, look, it's a little bit different here, and especially knowing that we have a key injury to an MVP-caliber player in Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's just saying, yeah, you know what? I You saw what happened to me. I'm not looking too good. Maybe very unlikely to play. Honestly, I don't even think they need him to play. No, that's true. N- New York still is only averaging 14 points a game on the road. Uh, you know, they they cover well. The problem is, again, their turnovers. So I'm wondering if we just kind of saw a flash of lightning last week with New York. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Miami, again, a, a very short eight and a half really looks like it's almost way, way too low. Um, Miami's averaging... You know, clearly over you know thirty six points a game at home. They're five and one straight up. I think they win this one, and I I think if they win, they're going to cover. So I'll go ahead and lay the eight and a half. I'm not opposed to switching my pick to the Dolphins. I'll put that out to the listeners right there. There's a very good chance I could switch it because I usually like going with my first instinct. I do want to see that last injury report because there's also some big names on there, but. I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning more toward changing with you, Robert, because I do think that the Jets, they had their big Super Bowl win last week and they might not be able to replicate it this week. All right. What about the Bears and the Browns, Robert? Joe Flacco, father time coming and giving the Browns a big win. What do we got? <laughs> Does he looks like he kind of just like woke up and his hair's like all disheveled, like, all right, you know, let's quarterback this team to victory again. Cleveland. <laughs> A three-point favorite, a little bit of juice, minus 120 on that three, and the total 38 and a half. My friend compared Joe Flacco as that frat boy that literally <laughs> did 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 shots and did beer kegs all night, and then he woke up and just aced his text. <laughs> That's exactly who it is. Yes, perfect. I love that. I'm going to ride the Browns here, Robert. I'm still not a big believer in the Bears. I think that they caught the Lions in a trap game last week being at home. I like I've liked the Browns since the beginning of the season. I really believe their defense can carry them. I think Joe Flacco, even at this stage in, in his career, is a big game manager. He's not going to make mistakes. I still think Justin Fields is prone to make mistakes, especially against this Cleveland Browns defense. I'm going with the Browns to cover right here. How about you? 
And that's that's where it comes to. I agree with you there. The defense of Cleveland, that hasn't changed. That's been consistent all year, especially so much so at home. Allie, they're not even giving up 13 points a game at home. The Cleveland Browns, they're not giving up 13 points a game. Uh, and here's the problem, though. They love to turn the ball over. They're among the league leaders, if not the league leaders at home, giving up turnovers uh, at over two a game. That's locked in and confirmed. That being said, they're still 6-1 and one at home straight up, 6-1 and one against the spread. Ooh, this is a tough one. Uh, yeah, I, I think that we're going to see more of a, of a muff come from the Chicago side to from the Cleveland side. Uh, and looking at that three, it makes me feel if I see a, an extra turnover out of Chicago, that's going to lead to that extra field goal. I think that Cleveland picks up the win and the victory as well. All right, let's move on to our New York Giants who are riding Tommy DeVito. I haven't seen the Giants fan, uh, me included, this excited in years, Robert, and I'm including last year when we made the playoffs, but Tommy DeVito's really lit the field up. They're taking on the Saints. What do we got? So we opened them uh, early Monday morning. The Saints as a six-point favorite. Got dropped way down to four and a half. That's of course just a in, in instant reaction to Tommy DeVito, you know, pulling off the late night victory. Uh, but slowly it's tripped its way back to the Saints six and the total thirty eight and a half. I'm gonna ride the DeVito train, Robert. I'm not just saying that as a Giants fan. I mean, I think this kid brings spark to the Giants. I think a couple of weeks ago, after we got blown out by the Cowboys, that the season seemed lost. And you know, we're we're. As bad as it is at five and eight, we're still in the mix right there. So I think that he's just brought confidence to the teammates around him. You could see the defense playing with edge. You can see Saquon playing with edge, the you know receivers that we've been saying are no-name receivers all the time. And DeVito's not afraid to take shots downfield, especially with that chemistry he has with Jalen Hyatt. I, I think I, I see the Saints in the opposite direction here, Robert. I see them trending down, the Giants trending up. So I don't know if the Giants pull out the win, but I think six is way too much to lay with the Saints. What are you taking? Six is way too much. And I know they're on the season. They're only averaging 14 points a game. However, in their last three, they've won. They've covered their last three. The New York Giants have. I don't get in the way of streaks. I really don't like that, especially seeing a nice solid six. It just looks like a number that's just you know, way, way too fat. And I like to carve into that. By the way, Ali, just from a marketing perspective, I know that's you know, literally like your full avenue. I mean, Tom, are you kidding me? Tommy DeVito, TD, touchdown Tommy. I mean, it's 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 there writing itself. Tommy Cutlets. Oh, he's got so many nicknames. <laughs> I, well, I like Tommy touchdowns better than Tommy Cutlets. I wasn't <laughs> a fan of that. Now, this one's pretty easy for me. I'm looking at, again, it's uh, covered the last three, won the last three, and they're catching six. I don't care where this game is being played. I think it's too much. Uh, I'd love to grab six points here with the New York Giants as well. All right, Vikings and Bengals. Vikings make another quarterback change. Nick Mullins in. What do we got? Nick Mullins is in. Uh, and I'm not quite sure at this moment as we're chatting if we're going to see a healthy Justin Jefferson. I'm I'm guessing we're not going to. Uh, he probably came back a, a little bit too soon than uh, than he wanted to in an effort to save the season. Uh, you know, he is probable. Uh, but it just doesn't look like he is going to be 100% at all. With that said, then, the Bengals, a three-point favorite in the total, 40 and a half. I'm actually going to go with the Vikings. This may surprise you because I'm high on the Bengals. I like Jake Browning a lot. But I think Mick, Nick Mullins is a very good backup quarterback. We saw he had a little spark with him with the 49ers a few years ago. I think he's much better than Josh Dobbs. You know me. I have not been on the Josh Dobbs 
train once since he got traded over there. I think that the Vikings do enough to, to cover against the Bengals. And I think they actually might win outright. What about you? I did not see this coming. <laughs> I thought I you were going to. You, too, Robert. you can't back to... the same team every week. <laughs> Two teams identically seven and six playing each other on a Saturday, early, early morning. Makes sound like it's going to see a you know little bit of turnover, a little bit of rust. 40 and a half, I think, is a little too high for the total. So from my perspective, uh, I think we're going to see this game go under. I think we're going to see uh, a real struggle for points here as these teams try and figure themselves out, uh, especially with Mullins uh, starting an NFL game for the first time in many, many a week. So my position here is to go under 40 and a half. All right. Steelers and Colts. Robert, what do we got? Another game that moved quite a bit from when we opened it on Monday. We opened up the Colts two and a half, went up to three before steadily dropping to where we are right now. The Colts only a one point favorite, the total 42 and a half. I actually love the Steelers in this situation. I think that they had, it's kind of like what I said about the Lions a few weeks ago. They've had 10 days to sit and think yeah. about their loss of the second worst team in the NFL. There's very few motivators that are as, that are as good as Mike Tomlin. I think that he's going to light a fire right under them. I think they're going to show up for this game. I think especially the defense. We've seen Gardner Minshew. He's very prone for interceptions and fumbles yes. and to commit turnovers. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and I think the defense wins it for Pittsburgh. How about you? Yeah, that's what he's going to need to because it's certainly not going to be uh, Kenny Pickett. I think we're just going to see a, a very, very heavy, heavy dosage of a ton of running uh, and I'm hoping that that's going to be enough, uh, as we're probably not going to be, you know, seeing much out of Mitch Trubisky. Yes, he is going to be the quarterback for Pittsburgh. Uh, that being said, you're right. I think we're going to see some real, real concerns about turnovers, especially coming from the Colts side. Being said, they're at home, uh, and and I want to go ahead and weigh that as well. And maybe that's why we're close to you know, uh, almost a one point favorite in some cases too. So uh, if you're betting this game, shop around. It definitely is going to be one of those that is going to have a, a difference from shop to shop. I, I'm looking at uh, a couple of ones, some as high as two. So, it'll, you know, really want to go ahead and you know pick your brains, especially if you're looking to go and back the Steelers uh, with a number that low, you might as well go ahead and play them on the money line. Um, turnovers equals uh positioning where you might find yourselves picking up easier points. I think that's where the Steelers end up edging it out. And I, I'm going to go with you here. I'm going to think the Steelers pick up the victory outright. Wow. I'm going to uh, 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 yeah. Sorry. I just lost my words. You're <laughs> going against the Colts. I'm going to go against the Colts. This wow. is my reverse. This is my reverse psychology thinking here. <laughs> All right. Let's see. All right. Bucks and Packers, Robert, what do we got? Tampa Bay is visiting Green Bay. Both teams are six and seven on the season. Uh, we opened up the Packers as a three-point favorite. And as we chat right now, it's three and a half with a total 41 and a half. So, Robert, last week when we had our show, did you speak too early about Jordan Love being the next great franchise quarterback of the Packers? Roll it, roll it. You know what? We don't have to roll it back. I straight up said, hey, Chicago fans, guess what? They have another quarterback, and he's here for another 10 years. Uh, yeah, maybe I spoke too soon. <laughs> Look, I still have a feel that both of these teams, by the way, both of these teams still very, very live for a playoff spot. So this is going to be a, a frenzied pace, uh, one that will find themselves looking for an awful lot of opportunities to pick up the pieces here for a victory. Tampa's won their last two. They've covered their last one. 
Uh, however, uh, Green Bay, very, very good at home. Four and two straight up and against the spread. That's going to be difficult to pass up. I think that Green Bay picks up the victory here, Ali. I agree. This is actually one of my top picks of the week. I think the Packers yes. do bounce back. I think it's not just Jordan Love. I think the, the Bucks aren't that good as a record says either. So I'm with you on the Packers. All right, last one, Robert, the game that unless you're a Falcons fan or a Panthers fan, no one else is watching, but it is the Falcons and Panthers. What do we got? <laughs> what do we have? We have the Atlanta Falcons as a three-point favorite, and no one's moved it one bit. The total's 34. I mean, I'm going to take the under 100% on this one, 34. It's like one of those other, where are we getting these spreads? I, I've never seen a year where there's been more over-unders that are in the below 35 range. Have you, Robert? No, absolutely not. Not in a regular season game. Yeah, this is one where I think the Panthers are that bad, and I don't think the Falcons are that great. So I'm just going to take the points with the home team, and I'm, I would never bet it, but for pick purposes, I'll take the home team points. I think this is a very low-scoring game, something like a 12-9 to 9 range. Both teams struggle <laughs> to get touchdowns. So uh, under for sure, but taking the Panthers for pick purposes. How about you? So well put. You're right. Carolina is averaging only 13 points a game at home. Atlanta, no better, only six, a little over 16 points a game on the road. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I think we'll take Atlanta here to to win the game. If they win the game, they'll probably cover. Hey, by the way, Carolina fans, I just went to head on over to StubHub. Grab those four seats for me. Do me a favor. Up in the 500s, <laughs> 45 cents a ticket. 45 no. cents. Come on. Wow. Get out there. Back that team. <laughs> oh, man. That's terrible. They're they're in protest of still uh, Bryce Young getting, getting picked over CJ Stroud. I don't blame them. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I appreciate you guys joining us. I hope you enjoy both Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday football, Robert. It's a good week coming up. I'm really excited about that. But before we sign off, any last thoughts or words for the audience? Oh, no. Once again, of course, you'll find all these games, Total money line, and of course, all of those NFL player props right on our betting platform, zensports.com. All right, everyone. Take care.